0: Hello, and welcome to Dance Talks. I'm your host, Andrea Cody. Today is March 4th, 2021, and my guest is Janie Yao. Janie is the founder and director of Dance of Asian America. Janie, welcome to Dance Talks. Thank
1: you, thank you for having me.
0: Yes, well, we would love to hear about your story. Can you take us kind of from the beginning about how it all began with dance for you?
1: Sure. Well, um, I came from China when I was seven years old, and before that i really didn't have any dance experience in china so my mother is actually a professional dancer um she danced with the beijing dance um, academy and then taught at the shanghai dance academy and also danced danced with them with the shanghai dance troupe so i came here when i came here when i was seven she started me dancing pretty much at her studio which was in Our house um, in our living room. Awesome. (laughs) So when I came here, I, um, you know, in China, it's pretty much like a whole family gets one room, right? It's very limited living space. And when I got here, um, we had one of those one story houses that was like a three or four bedroom, and oh my goodness, I was just in heaven, you know? I was just so excited, running from room to room. I counted all the rooms, including the bathrooms and the closets. And then, um, a week later they decided to tear up the living room and turn it into a studio. And I was just like heartbroken. My house. house. I know. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so we, uh, they tore it up and it's funny it's just it's just a regular size living room not even very big but it had you know the fireplace there <laughs> and probably everybody put their shoes and bags up there you know and um and kind of started from there um and i kind of you know grew up in the studio setting and then we moved the studio out after a couple of years to an actual studio so um so i learned my mother was um, She's a very strong Russian ballet dancer, and she, of course, also had very strong Chinese dance training. So I pretty much learned those two styles growing up. And then I went to Houston Ballet when I was middle school, high school. So I went through the levels through there, so I did a lot of ballet training. And then, um, I'm sorry. The doggies are playing with toys. Yeah. that's okay. Charlotte, no, no. Okay. And then um, I will. Oh, and then I went to Southern Methodist University. Um, I got a scholarship for a dance major. So there, I got a lot of training for ballet, modern, jazz, point. You know, choreography, um, production, which I think was really helpful. Um, and I really do love production. So when I came back to Houston. Um, my brother and I, we pretty much started Dance of Asian America because she always had the school, but the problem with the school is just, um, there's just not enough funding for public performances and really um, bringing the art form to the general public as a performing art. It's always more of a teaching aspect, which is, you know, very important, you know, educating future generations. Um, so then with the company, um, we were able to, you know, slowly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think we had our first show at the Hobby Center, um, Zelka Hall, 2003. Mm -hmm. Um, Barely 500 people, you know, and then we um, kept at it for a few years and then moved to Miller in 2006. Mm -hmm. And probably had about a little over 500 there and then built our audience from there so in, I think, I want to say 2008 to 2009, we probably had like 4,000 people awesome. at Miller. So, I mean, I think one of the greatest things about um, Dance of Asian America, what we do is really just taking it and bringing it to the public and really educating, educating the, the public and, you know youths and you know people of all ethnicities and really just kind of having them uh, make helping them appreciate chinese dance asian dance and just dance as an art form
0: Mm -hmm. wonderful so tell us a little bit about more about your mom that's mitzi shen yes and what what do you know much about i mean i'd love to interview her too but like tell kind (laughs) of give us just a Uh you know snapshot of um how she trained, and I know she came to the United States um, maybe simultaneously or around the same time as Lee sinquin and I don't know if like their stories overlapped at all,
1: but do, can you yeah it? so um so she came um oh goodness, when did she come like uh she came let's see when I was two <laughs> okay so yeah, so she came like um nineteen eighty Three or mm-hmm. you know something like that and then um, maybe 1982 <clears throat> and then she probably started her studio started teaching I remember she really had um, about seven students to start you know mm-hmm. probably from the same family yeah. <laughs> but you know and then the word got got out that she's a great dancer and a great teacher so um, yeah so um well, I, I know like one of the things that she really wanted to do was to bring the Chinese culture to America because one of the things that inspired her and wanted, made her want to come to America in the first place was when she was in China, there was the cultural revolution, right? And it really left, I mean, her fam, her family um, and my dad's family, they're all pretty Well, all families, but with the Cultural Revolution, it really left them, like, penniless. And um, they had to work on farms, you know, et cetera. You'll hear those stories. And then, basically, she would wake up in the middle of the night and just, like, go out there and practice on the dirt ground, you know, and, you know, take breaks in between her farming and practice. And, you know, just, like, she was just really into it. But yet, all they learned was a very strict... Um, like a like, almost like an army ballet it, everything was about communism like even the dancing so it was really restricted and not only in like um, production not that there were that much production back then but probably um, like yes in production like the um, the shows that they did but also the storyline and also definitely in the technique so um, because there was not a lot of Stuff new things coming into the country, right? New people bringing things. So, Mm -hmm. um, when they started opening the doors to um, after the Cultural Revolution, was when um, Janie Parker Uh came with Ben Stevenson. Ben Ben Stevenson brought her to um, Shanghai, and that's where my mother saw her dance and saw um, other dancers, you know, like, they saw Romeo and Juliet, and, um, Sleeping Beauty, versus, like, you know, the white-haired girl, and with red RV guns, and, you know, just, like, it's just very different, and it just made her realize that there's, like, a whole new world of dance, whole other world of dance out there, right, and so much more, so, um, and that's why I'm named after Janie Parker, Yes. yeah, it's so funny, because my mom can't even say my name, like, she can't say Janie. She calls me Jenny or Janie or yeah. any form of that um, uh-huh. except for Janie. Um, but she just knew that that was Janie Parker's name. So she's wow. like, Oh, I'm going to name her that. So. Amazing. Yeah. So so funny because I didn't have good pronunciation when I first came here. So I always thought my name was Jenny. Uh-huh. And then when they call me Janie Esco, I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, Aren't you Janie? is that my name? <laughs> so I learned my name when I went to school. wow! <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, and then after we started, um, I'm sorry, where did I leave off with, um, so let's
0: see, just to catch everybody up. Janie Parker was the principal prima ballerina for, yes. and then Stevenson was their artistic director. Right. And so your mom met them, was inspired. How did she leave?
1: Oh, Oh, well, yeah, that's a whole other story with basically like she just, um, she applied to, you know, for, um, to come out and learn and study dance Mm -hmm. and, but I think she uh, got approved and my dad didn't get approved Mm -hmm. or, and then they had to go again and, and then they couldn't bring me, you know, it was just like a whole, so I stayed with my grandma for like um, five years, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't see them. Mm-hmm. except with pictures. Mm-hmm. So, um, and there were really no FaceTime and no, um, not even phones, really. Right. And whenever I talked to them, it was like this really long, distant, you know, like, really m- muffled sound, right? Wow. Like it, it's really weird, right? Like, I pretty much didn't have them in my life for five years, so. Yeah. Not that they didn't, I know, like, they were really, they really missed me and, you know, vice versa, so. Yeah. But, um, so i i want to i'm not quite sure about this timeline with Li Tseng-shin it's just that like i know that when Ben Stevenson came to China he of course also went to you know um saw Li Tseng-shin and that's mm-hmm. when he invited him to come mm-hmm. and um dance and i remember when i was at Houston Ballet i do um i would see him you know like having class and just you know rehearsal and, yeah. <laughs> so, so
0: conversely your mom made her way somewhat on her
1: own oh for sure yeah. yeah for sure so when she when they were able to come out I think they had each had sixty dollars on them and wow. that's it like they were not allowed to bring anything more than that mm-hmm. maybe you know suitcase full of stuff and then sixty dollars mm. so it's
0: pretty crazy Amazing. yeah so when you first started dancing with your mom in the living room studio,
1: did you want to be there? Well, I mean, for me, like uh, dance, just kind of like was like a part of my life. It was already like I was living in it. I mean, come on, right? Yeah. I mean, even every day after school, I mean, there's dance in my living room, you know. So oh, kind of like it's already there. And okay. then, um, um, and then my dad taught violin, you know. Right. So, um, it's so funny because when we moved to our first studio, um, out outside of the house, um, we had, um, two studios, right? It was, it was nice studios. And then we had a waiting room and then we had a dressing and then, and then this area <clears throat> it's dressing room, office, and my dad's violin room. And all these rooms were con- or adjacent, but the walls didn't go up all the way. So. I wanna say there's like a three foot from top. Like, so, I mean, did, how did I end up playing violin? Well, you know, I like lived in it, like before right. I even played it. I feel like, now I think about it, now that my kids are playing these songs, I'm like, wow, I can just sing it. Cause I, I've heard it so many times. And I've, you know, it's just kind of like through hearing my dad teach it, you know? So same thing, I think with dance too, you know? I'm just there a lot, you know? Like, I mean, yeah. just kind of grew on me, so.
0: Did you ever question it? Did you ever think, like, um, maybe you do something other than dance?
1: Yeah. I I, I definitely have a lot of interests. Yes, I I know. know. (laughs) (laughs) Multi-faceted person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely love um, all um, aspects of life, and I definitely want to experience it. Um, So, do I, I, huh, yeah. I I told my mom I wanted to um, be a veterinarian. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, she kind of laughed (laughs) (laughs) because she was, you know, she's, um, she's, she's not really into animals to start with. And then she was just kind of like, like, you know, didn't get it. But I mean, like there are lots of things, you know, I like, um, there are a lot of things that I was interested in, but I think, I don't know. I just kind of, dance just kind of fell in my lap, you know? (laughs) Right. It's just always been one of the focal points of your life. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, there are so many aspects of dance that I really do find um, really um, dear to me as well. Because, you know, um, growing up in a studio, I probably started assistant teaching for her when I was in high school. Yeah. If not even a little younger, you know. And then... I just felt like it was a real. Now that I think back on it, I think it was really good relearning or really detailed thinking through of steps. You know, because it's kind of like you're you're pretty much breaking everything down when right. you're teaching. So even that's correcting why I, mistakes that you okay, see yeah. that you never made, but well, it yeah. makes you just reiterate. Well, yeah, but I mean, also, I think that's what makes me really um, like, good at like. Fixing, you know, certain things because I really do, you know, enjoy seeing the progress of that, you yeah. know, go into performance. And then after college, I think after dance, starting Dance Mation America, I think I really do enjoy production because I do want, I mean, to bring it to the public. I think that is the most rewarding thing, you know, for, I mean, dance is a way of communication, right? Why? stay in the classroom. Right.
0: Right. And you are one of the only companies that performs not only like 50 times a year or 100 times a year in public, but doing these main stage, big, full out productions at Miller Outdoor Theater with full lights and backdrops and costumes. Whatever we can. Yes. (laughs) Right. Right. So
1: I think that's one of the other reasons that um, make our dancers really great um like really presentable so one time we had a performance and it was almost like a nightmare like one of those that I dreamed about but it actually happened <laughs> it was just out of school so it wasn't a big deal um the music the sound wasn't working right basically um it kept going in and out and then I finally it just well I finally ended up using my backup speaker which was great but um before that, there was a piece that one of my dan- really good dancers danced to, and the music just like like cut out like every mm. um, it would cut out like three seconds every two seconds, Ugh. so it was pretty much like <laughs> deh, 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 deh. and she was on beat like she did not miss a beat, wow. and you know I was just oh, so proud, you know like yeah. I mean, I, and then I think just um, just the fact that they they do it so much, you know that right. they're they're like. It's okay. Like, you know, and they know not to show that there's anything wrong. Like, if you were to play her video without music, you wouldn't even think um, mm. there, there, there was any issue with the music.
0: She didn't flinch. Nope. Cool. Good job. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, cool. I always get off topic. Well, so you're kind of, I mean, you are the expert in Chinese dance. Will you tell us what it is <clears throat> uh, from a historic perspective?
1: Sure. Okay. So um, Chinese dance, there's tons of different styles, right? But there's really um, two main categories. It's the classical Chinese dance, and then there's Chinese folk dance. So China has 56 ethnic groups. You'll hear me say it so many times at my performances. (laughs) But um, there's one ethnic majority, which is the Han's ethnic majority. And lots of that comes from the um, class, all that is from the classical Chinese dance so um, and there's Chinese folk dance which resembles all the different ethnic groups which is like the 55 different ethnic groups I don't think every single ethnic group has a dance but I mean they do but it's not like brought It's not at the level of international performance level you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like certain ethnic groups are more developed in their mm-hmm. performing arts so like when you see Mongolian dance Dai dance um, Tibet dance Xinjiang dance and um, those are would be Cla- um, Chinese folk dances
0: so if you were to hone in on one of them like Dai like how did that dance come to be and like are there is it is it a canon of movement or is it a canon of choreography
1: so, I think, for example, the Dai, um, you know, the, um, it's a very tropical region, and mm-hmm. like bamboo forests, um, also the ladies there, um, you know, different regions, they eat different types of foods, usually they look very different, the ladies are very slender, um, just very, you know, feminine, and in this, and a lot of the dances, I want to say, are also choreographed around their, their clothing. Less, um, they also wear like slender dresses so a lot of times their feet you don't see them lifting their leg up it's more of um, like smaller movements like I said it's very um, tropical region bamboo forest so a lot of their arm movements are you know like and their body shapes resemble um, like the bamboos like the, the shape of their the growing bamboos and with it being a tropical region it rains a lot so they also used umbrella in their dances you see how it's kind of just all developed um through like the the lifestyle you know and the traditions of the people in that area so cool yeah and it it does coordinate with the costumes
0: like that is yeah kind of a part of Oh, yeah. What comprises, composes the dance? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Definitely.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, how are they preserved um, and transported?
1: Well, I think over the years, it's, it's developed more, right? So, instead of completely wearing small dresses, they start wearing pants that look like a dress if you put your legs together but then it allows you to kick your leg up and do some more you know more contemporary moves right Um, so um, i think over time all these dances have really um, progressed from a basic um, folk you know like hey it's a happy day let's dance in the yard to hey, let's um, enter a competition, you know, and we might really need to put some skills in it, you know, and then it's like, well, let's bring, I mean, that's what we want to do is let's bring it internationally, you know, and let other people view it and not just people in your backyard, you know.
0: Mm -hmm. So you've described the classical and what about the contemporary?
1: No, that was the, um. That was those the, folk yes okay that so was the Chinese folk right yeah. so the Chinese classical dance is more um, is from the Han's ethnic group so majority um, so that way they're they're more I want to say it's like a whole um, technique style like kind of like um, well each group has their own technique style like Dyes, Mongolian and then the Hans eth- they have their own technique style which is I think, Probably out of all the styles, closest resembles um, closer to ballet and, you know, it has a lot more technique where it does, they do have adagio and they do have, um, you know, sautés, they have, you know, grand soda shop. Of course they're not called those they're know. not yeah they're... they're called like stuff in chinese okay
0: yeah. uh-huh. and then
1: like you know they have their own style of turns you know and um flip turns there's so many different um, technique uh, within that style and a lot of the dynasties for example like the tang dynasty dances or like the han dynasty you know like the ribbon dances the court dances that the long sleeves um the s- Sore dances, you know, that they do, um, those all fall into the classical Chinese category, so.
0: It's a lot. It is a lot, but it
1: keeps things, um, it keeps things fresh. Right. It's it's a lot of people, a lot of diversity. (laughs) Yeah. And that's Mm -hmm. why every year we're able to bring so many different styles, you know, Mm -hmm. to, um, our shows. And that's why like every year we do different, choreography. And, yeah.
0: yeah. When you say technique, uh, are the moves called the same things throughout the different classical and folk styles? Or do they all have name, new names?
1: Um, I th- yeah. It's all quite different. Like, yeah. for example, this is like the classical um, Chinese dance hand, mm-hmm. and this would be like the Dai Chinese dance hand, mm-hmm. and then they also have the peacock Chinese dance hand um, within the die. and then they also, um, like, this is the die. Um, and this would be like Mongolian and then uh, you know Xinjiang is more like of a flower you know instead of totally straightening so there's just so many cool yeah it's reminds me of the mudra in Indian dance yeah yeah Um, they definitely have way more um, uh hand movements than yeah (laughs) much more intricate anywhere else in the entire world yeah
0: okay well cool um do you what's your creative process when you put together a show how you you said that that's how we were able are able to bring so many different looks
1: well um I think you know there were two different approaches that I did in the past decade uh, almost two decades mm-hmm. of our shows at Miller is we did East meets West mm-hmm. um and the reason I did that is because um If I just said hey come watch this show about Chinese dance I would probably get you know I don't know 20% of our actual people who are interested so but I wanted to bring people who are just in general interested in dance you know why not why not just experience and see if you like it so for East West we would have um, ballet modern jazz just contemporary dance or guest companies yeah, mm-hmm. well, we also do, uh, my dancers also do Modern, and um, mm-hmm. we also do some, but yeah. yeah, we definitely, and also one of the biggest things is we want to work with other companies, right? That's what dance is all about, is to get together and dance. Mm-hmm. You know how it is, dance used <laughs> to,
0: I know. Yeah. Um,
1: so, but, um, yeah, so that's one of the, so from East Meast West, I think a lot of people, they came and they're like, I don't think I'm going to like it. And they're like, oh, it's not that bad. Uh And then the second time they'll come and they're like, oh, whoa, kind of, kind of addicting, kind of like (laughs) it, you know, and then they'll come back. Then that's how we build our audience. We had so many people who are just, um, you know, who just kept coming back and they're like, every time is a little different, but it's all kind of catchy. It's all kind of, it's new, but it's Mm -hmm. interesting. And if you don't like it, it's, you know, three to five minutes of your time. We move on to the next piece, you know. So this is one thing about Miller too. We don't want to do it like a closed box theater where it's like a, I do enjoy the, you know, the full length pieces as well, but we just can't, can't do it when we're introducing people to new styles, you know? And I want to say not only did East meets West introduce um, non-Asians to Asian styles, it also worked really well vice versa because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of Asians, first of all, you know, or they don't see art a lot. You know, they don't see a lot of ballets. They don't see a lot of, um, you know, point or you know, like tap and uh, jazz. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. You know, so so the fact that they're seeing it and they're like, oh, that's a nice excerpt from Madame Butterfly. I might want to see the whole ballet. You know, so I think it really did uh, work both ways. You know, very so,
0: cool. Yeah. Okay, and so tell us about Splendid China.
1: Yes, and that my other approach mm-hmm. was Splendid China, which was like, um, well, you know, um, let's see what we can bring from the other side of the world, you know, and and see how it goes. And it was actually really popular. You know, we had Splendid China was two nights, and um, we ran that for fifteen years, mm. and every night we wanted, I want to say we had about um, three to four thousand people each mm-hmm. night and it was just I think it was just really great for and, and you know it's funny because I'll, I'll see people randomly and they'll be like oh do you know about this um, uh, these sh- this show at Miller um, you, where they bring over a guest artist from China I'm like yeah tell me about it you know and they're like oh yeah it's like really good every year they do like something different they like it's its, al- it's always something new and, and you know I'm like yeah who's it by I mean you know a lot of times they're like that's when they kind of stumble I think Dance of Asian America may be a little hard to catch but um, yes they're talking about our show which is really neat you know which is really great that we had we were on um, people's minds in their hearts and they wanted to share it with somebody else and you know they can't wait for it every year so that's really great but um, due to the pandemic, we are actually changing things around. I think the whole art world is changing things around, mm-hmm. but, um, I think, you know, definitely traveling is hard. Uh, international travel is, it's not really great, um, right now. Um, and also I, I think American artists are hurting, you know, so what we really want to do is provide work for people here you know local artists you know so um, and honestly we after 15 years we've really I mean we've had the Shanghai Dance Company, the Nanjing Dance Company, China's National Song Dance Troupe, Beijing Dance Company, um, China Dancers Association and more so I'm just kind of we're a bit exhausted on um, you know The styles, too, where I feel like our audience needs a bit of a fresh look, too. You know, it's kind of like, we need something new. Because uh, near our our last, I think, 14 or 15 year, kind of was talking to the companies. And they're like, how about this dance? I'm like, oh, we already did that. How about this? Oh, nope. We we just, you know. So we kind of want to bring out, like, new things, too. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a great time. Um, That's why we're going to do a kind of like a. Um, well, we did like a contemporary world festival where it's more of a international mix but actually I think there, there are two takes. One is like a contemporary world festival where it's like an international mix of styles as well as cultures and of course the other take would be um, like zoning in on Asia. Because I feel like we need to explore not just China, but so much more of what's around us. I mean, Chinese dance forever will be on our program, of course, because you know, that's my homeland, you know, where I'm from. so of course. But I definitely would love to explore the other styles as mm-hmm. well. I mean, we're dance of Asian America. Right.
0: Will you please tell us about contemporary dance? in the Asian region what you know about it
1: well um yes it's gotten really popular um I want to say there are more modern dance companies in China like contemporary dance companies than ever um I feel like it's just I mean it's really gotten to be um one of their main styles you know too it's like before in a dance um Academy department would just be like classical Chinese dance or Chinese folk dance, but now it's like Modern dance or you know, it's just contemporary. There's so many different more different styles so I want to say definitely Contemporary modern would be more popular in China versus Jazz or hip-hop, which I feel like they have a totally different take than um you know, what's out there in the world. I'm sure they'll they'll catch up. They <laughs> Yeah. So but um I know we China had skin. Moon D here for
0: oh, several yeah. years and Who he didn't return to China. Did he? Okay I, I heard he did. Okay. Um I wonder what he's doing. We'll have to reach out and catch up with him. Well
1: China's really um uh, I don't know if I said it he's a hip hop Yeah, yeah, career. I know, I know. But I know, I'm just saying, well, right now, I think there's. Well, actually, no, I want to take that back. I don't think. Yeah, I think it just depends on where you go for hip hop, right? Like, I think Moon was really pretty awesome. And also, a lot of the um, people, maybe, that I see on TikTok and, you know, like, those are like pretty awesome. Some of the stuff that I've seen in actual, like, department, you know, like, dance departments and stuff, not as much. Yeah, Yeah. it just seems like it was more of a freelance, like, um, thing that needed to grow more. I don't know. I can
0: see that even here a lot, where if it is a traditional studio that's, like, teaching ballet, tap, and jazz, yeah, they may offer hip-hop because people are calling for it, but, like, yeah, that's not (laughs) hip-hop, but... It says top 101. It's close. Yeah. How is your company handling the pandemic?
1: Um, well, I mean, you know, like I think it's like all the arts organization, it's just it's really hard. It's kind of shocking, you know, at first. But I think now we're we're dealing with it and um we've done virtual shows, we've done some outdoor shows. Um, see the thing about it is just like we actually work with companies other companies we actually work with other venues um, in presenting our shows to public so and with that being said you know a lot of it is postponed or cancelled or you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. but I think um, yeah we've been doing a lot of classes online I want to say I'm ready to go back. Like I am, I think um, it's come May or June. I mean, everybody who wants to be vaccinated is gonna be vaccinated. So um, we got to start living. You know, mm-hmm. we can't hide out. You know, so I think um, I see a return to normalcy, somewhat. You know, in in the summer. Yeah, and we have a show coming up in October. Hopefully it'll be um, with audience. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Live audience,
0: in-person yeah. audience. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: What are you planning? Um, it's, it's at Miller. And I, um, basically from the two ideas that I talked about, like yeah. a contemporary world festival slash um, exploring Asia, you know? Mm-hmm. So I kind of maybe go from Asia into the world or, you know, just kind of um, something that, just can encompass more of the arts community and also just really let our dancers explore the different realms of styles, so.
0: Cool. Yeah. So your dancers will be learning styles outside of China?
1: Um, actually, they do. I actually have a really great um, Korean. Yes, you um, do. Yes, she mm-hmm. is really great. Um, and she, and the great thing about her is just, she is a contemporary dancer. Mm -hmm. Like she is a Korean traditional and contemporary dancer, which is so great because, um, and that, you know, I like it because that's kind of like what I am, you know, like I definitely do traditional Chinese classical folk, but then a lot of times I put my contemporary style into it because really you know to speak to more people i feel like you gotta be more updated you know like and and you gotta be not, not just i mean i do completely respect the traditional styles you know but i think it's nice to have the fusion of something else you know in it too so yeah so we're definitely exploring um and you know i have another teacher that um, Is from Taiwan, so you know, like we do, we do like different things, and then also, I mean, I we are also going to be exploring, yeah, like different different styles. Um, we'll see. I mean, uh, all our dancers are usually are very versatile in the dance styles, anyways, as in like ballet, modern, you know. Mm-hmm. So we want to utilize. I mean, we want to be versatile in style as well not just the culture you know so mm-hmm. very cool
0: yeah I can't wait to see it new yeah. yeah. dances me too <laughs> cool.
1: yeah it's gonna be exciting I know so I just hope because I do have a lot of you know conservative clientele I mean you know I just hope that people are going to um I mean I again I never want to pressure anybody you know to to come but it's funny because a lot of them do pressure me. They're like, hey, come on, let's go. I like it. I, I I think it's really good that they want to dance, you know, and that they're like ready to go. Yeah. It's been a long wait. It really has. It's been a whole year. You know, I think – oh, excuse me. <clears throat> I think I feel like instead of shutting down in, in March back then, if we just all wore a mask – and just continue on with life. I think I think we would be okay. Mm. What do you? Think? It should just
0: be up to you to navigate it. Yeah. Um, my family's healthy. Um, we're we're young and active, and we also um, are somewhat risk takers. Yeah. I'm a risk, and just I mean, I take a risk in just working in the arts. You know. Oh yeah. Creatively, um, economically. Mm-hmm. Physically, um, so I'm 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 pretty open to taking risks, and um, I I would I've been fine with whatever anybody else wanted to do. Um, that being said, you know I don't have like a 93 year old grandmother. Uh, my my grandparents are long gone, and I don't you know there wasn't anybody around me that I that I was gonna see. Mm-hmm. So um, I can completely understand that, you know, when people, like the buck has to stop somewhere, you know, when you do have someone in your life that not only is vulnerable, but um, doesn't, doesn't want to take that risk themselves. That, you know, if, if you're gonna be with them, then, you know, you do have to take it upon yourself um, to figure that out, mm-hmm. so. I mean, I think um, looking back, yeah, I've, been, I've definitely just missed everybody. And we had a camp last summer. Um, we started off just normal. Um, a mask order was put in place, I think about two weeks into the camp. So, mm-hmm. you know, at that time we, we followed the law.
1: Yeah, they didn't really put, it, put the mask order in until summer, huh? hmm mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think it was in, it was in June. <clears throat> yeah so yeah you know we I mean of course like we're not rebels but
1: um, oh yeah I know I think it's yeah I think it's great that you had that for you know because at that time I think kids were already locked in their homes you know for a while so yeah
0: yeah I think there's so I mean I like you that the dance is so close to me and I love it so much and our most expressive feature is our face and our mouths. I mean maybe our eyes too, but I mean it's all in there. Mm-hmm. We say so much there and nonverbal, you know, cues and just what we're really thinking and, and our and our beauty too um, you know, just how we look, what we mm-hmm. look like, who we are, um, in that sense. And having kids, I, I just want them to be able to smile at each other and at their oh, teachers yeah. and give everyone the joy that, you know, only a child's smile brings, you know, their cute little teeth and little mouths and <laughs> silly faces, you know? So those are things that, um, are part of the joy of life that, um, that we that we miss, um, and so I just I believe in thinking about like the trade offs of, you know, how long are we going to give up? Um, yeah, our ability to express ourselves and, and to, to yeah. see each other, to witness each other, to appreciate each other, mm-hmm. you know, that in that way, right? Because it is something, and um, the kids, yeah, like you said, they were already locked
1: in their homes um well i mean for sure the our generation the that you know the gener- that generation of kids is, re- is really it's really going to be affected you know it's really affected them this whole year and it's yeah. probably going to carry on in this year for at least a bit you know right. um
0: growing up dancing for me was something that i did out and about like we didn't have phones. Yeah. You had to make I your own fun. You mm-hmm. had to go out there and just like literally start dancing to have a good time. And you were living for the moment, for the people in the room, for the people in the audience, for the band, for each other. And there was no one taking any pictures or videos. You weren't thinking ahead of, oh, well, maybe this moment, you know, will be captured and shared online and then it'll like take off and then I'll be this whole other person because people will like know about me or something. Right. Like, all of that did not happen. Right. And so it was fun and it was all very I spontaneous yeah. and improvisational and interactive. Mm-hmm. And so then like with the phone and you know, the last two decades, I felt like so many things about that life, in person, interactive. Experience of just being social mm-hmm. ended up being this thing where all of a sudden you're at a studio training to get to a point where you can take a good video mm-hmm. or a photo of yourself. And that's like the point. Right. And so already there was that. It kind of break down. that was pre pandemic. Pre pandemic, yeah, we were already going in this yeah. direction of just it's kind of just, like it doesn't matter,
1: right? Who you are, you right? Know, like, and when you do take you a need. picture, when you take a video mm-hmm. to just to have and you know, just to keep for, and then it's always like, is it going to be online? Are you going to post it? You know, and there's mm-hmm. always that. I mean, yeah, yeah. there's like a yeah. Yeah. It's there's it's, a lot of um, reasons to do it. It could be you know,
0: professional, like you want to get a job, you want to get sure. hired, you want to get famous, yeah. you want to get there's a date. I don't know, reasons. there's a lot of stuff that. But it's this real world slash internet world that are interacting and always interplaying when, and you know, even as a parent, like I I have to, it's a lot of times when I see something amazing that, you know, my kids are doing, like I'm like, I kind of wish I was videotaping it, you know, but like I, and I,
1: that that little thought goes, right. But then you're like, I really just want to watch it. I really just want to watch it. it. I just,
0: yeah, I'll survive. And I can, I don't have a photographic memory, but like I can remember, you know, my life without documenting it. Um, So finally, in the past year, it's like everything went online, you know, and that just—it's I don't know. There's just something about life that to me is not about like staying at home on my phone. Um, Right. Yeah. And I think, uh, I would say like 90, I would prefer it to be like 99% of my life is not
1: staying in right. my phone. Oh, absolutely. And that's what we always wanted. Like when we go, you know, like if we, when we went out, like we were always not ask the kids to be on devices or like go jump in the pool or stuff. And now it's kind of like, well, did you not finish your work? Get back on the computer, <laughs> like you know what I mean. Right. Like it's kind of like, oh my goodness, like we're asking our kids to, you know, make sure they turn on their cameras, make sure that they're, you know, it's just it's it's the virtual learning that they are forced to be in that mm-hmm. setting. So hopefully that will end soon because they really need to get out of that. I feel like yeah. yeah.
0: And there was always a bit of a gray area with dance in Texas because it was like you are supposed to distance and like wear a mask, but then it was like, Sorry. or is this a gym? Mm-hmm. You know, like if it's a, cause if you're working out, Oh, I know. you know, Then obviously it's a health risk. And so like that, I think there was a little bit of kind of confusion or it just mm-hmm. wasn't, it wasn't stated in black and white, you know? So it was like, do you take the liberty to say like, Hey, you know, I'm basically sprinting out here. Like I need to be able to take a full breath. and and then it's, there's a lot of dances that are, that are partner dances or group dances, and Absolutely. there's a lot of um, counterbalance, you know, oh, yeah. that you just have to do
1: with well other people. It's not even that; it's just being in the same room. It's like you know, I just yes. before the pandemic, I just never even thought about like you know, because we just do it, right? We mm-hmm. just do a group dance, or we just mm-hmm. we just don't even think about how close you can or can't be, you know? So. <laughs> of course. But you know what's funny, is that we all we have is like online, right? And then the weather hits, right? And then we don't even have electricity. Right. (laughs) That was it. So I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's like God's like, are you not happy with your online Zoom? (laughs) (laughs) None of that for you guys this week. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Right. Yeah, Uh, it's got a lot of family time. Yeah.
0: That's for sure. (laughs) <laughs> you're
1: two-boy.
0: Golly. So you're the mom now. Yeah. You're the dance mom. How How is it now? I wouldn't say, say I'm a dance mom. Part. Yeah. You know,
1: like, I, I encourage my kids. Because one thing that I think um, I really missed out in my childhood is having the other aspects. Um, I didn't go to camp, you know, for other things. I... Um, you know I went to summer intensives or I never really did other things that would have made me like um, I was always I was always pretty good academically you know um, like good enough where I didn't really you know need to do the other stuff but still I mean of course I didn't know everything of course I would have it would have been great if I'd done a science camp or if mm. I you know learned how to play chess when I was young. you know just all sorts of things that I could have done to um, Expand my horizon and I like to do that for my kids, you know, and I do um, They they definitely dance, you know, and one thing I think that really gets my daughters as well as um, My other dancers is just it's like, you know, we have performances set up. Usually it's like, okay Let's get this done. Let's get it to public, you know, and it's always exciting now You know, there's just like not that right so but yes, we are heading back in that direction so so, you know um, I think it's exciting, you know, for that part is really exciting for them, and I know one of my kids, she's, you know, they're, it's for example, like, when they're 10, they perform at Miller Outdoor Theater for 5,000 people, you know, and they look out in the audience, they're like, right, you know, <laughs> they like, and they're, during rehearsal, you know, during, before pre-show, they're all like, kind of really nervous, I remember one of them will actually throw up, and like, one of them will actually have a stomach ache, you know, they're just, they're just really nervous, you know, they got butterflies, but they do a great job, and after they perform, they uh, do. they're like, can we just do that again, awesome. and I'm like, I, you know, it's so great, you know, like, oh, yes. they just, they just want to do it again, they're, they're like, wow, they love the adrenaline, you know, of being out there, you know, and it's just a, um, doing it more to get, get the butterflies out, you know, so, yeah, I think it's great, great training for for anything let's say if they were to give a presentation you know at any company later so yes yeah. it's
0: great life's a dance yep
1: you gotta be able to get out there yep And show yourself yep doesn't matter what you do mm-hmm
0: Absolutely. so do they like it
1: they do they do um, they're not um, I wouldn't say they're like born dancers you know like I mean but I think they definitely benefit a lot from it. Like they, I mean, the discipline, the, you know, technique and the presentation, the performance, the confidence building, um, learning their own heritage. You know, I think there's just so many benefits that they're getting from
0: it. So you've been at this for a long time. You're maybe like mid career. How do you define success? How did it start for you when you started Dance of Age America? Like, what was success going to be for you? Have you achieved it? And then, like, what is it now?
1: Well, I mean, you know, because Dance of Age America is a nonprofit, you know? So, always in my mind, I've always thought of it as a service for the community, you know? Because really, it's like, I mean, we just want people to really appreciate, you know, and... I think in turn that really brings harmony to the world, you know, Houston, like the rest of the world, is a melting pot, you know. So I mean for for you to just see somebody and realize, oh, okay, you're not just Chinese, but you could be from a different part of China and maybe, you know, Chinese food is not just Chinese food and you know what I mean? There's just mm-hmm. so many like, you know, this is not just one style, fits mm-hmm. all. Like, you know, so it's it's really rewarding, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think success success have always been different, you know, like, um, when I was younger, when I'm assistant teaching, even like, I just wanted to get the thought process across, you know, as to how we can fix that issue or whatever that is. And that was always really fun for me in teaching. Like, are we able to help that person? And, you know, and I have the answers that come to me when they're not, so young, but maybe like you know, they're teens, and I'm like, you know what? Um, no worries, you haven't had dance. Well, welcome, and we'll catch you up, you know. And we catch them up, um, with you know, one on one classes, and, and they're you know, they're amazing, you know. So, I mean, and that's part of you know, I think the success of teaching for me, you know, and uh, the joy of teaching, really, and then, um. And then I think production, like, you know, going from 500 to 5,000 a night, I feel like it's not just, I mean, production I enjoy, but it's not just that. It's just the um, sheer joy of having people love what I'm able to provide, you know. And also, um, I think when we went to America's Got Talent, um, it was just like, you know, wow, I, I didn't know that, you know, people were interested, like, on a, on a national level, and that, you know, we could bring that mm-hmm. to millions of people, that's just pretty awesome, you know, right. so, um,
0: and that and I, it was an awesome performance, I'll put a link to it in the show notes, thank you, and with that show, so <coughs> you, you were representing
1: Mitzi Dancing School, and it, Was still Dance of Asian America performing? Right. That was before. Mm -hmm. That was before somebody else took over Mitzi Dancing School. Mm -hmm. So um, in 2015, uh, well, sorry, in 2013 was when we went to America's Got Talent. But um, 2015 was when um, somebody else took over Mitzi Dancing School. Mm -hmm. So my uh, my mother Mitzi Shen and I, since 2015, do not run Mitzi Dancing School. We've been dance. uh, America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So actually originally America's Got Talent had called um, Dance of Asian America mm-hmm. you know on our video like this yeah. due to our video public video so um, regarding the thousand hands dance oh mm-hmm. and this is what I, what I was gonna say is just um, it's just really interesting because the actual thousand hands dance is quite different um, if you want if you watch the original from um, our actual performance versus the performance that we did for America's Got Talent because I really had to condense everything down to 90 seconds um and really kind of just keep it fast paced and moving which is a really great experience for me as a you know on a production aspect because I just really learned a lot I was like you know um it made me you know it's just like Uh, when we went to New York we had a piece prepared but it really was totally different from what we ended up putting on on there because there were I don't know six to eight directors of AGT like um, asking us to make this part more exciting take out this part you know and um, really all great suggestions you know um, but not that they didn't really know particularly choreography or dance so they were just asking me to kind of basically re-choreograph you know Um, a lot of it and it was pretty stressful it's funny because we spent so many hours in the Rockettes rehearsal room and then we would see these groups of people like that would tour the building and walk by and we were so busy that we didn't even take a picture I mean, people came (laughs) and literally took pictures and we were just busy rehearsing and we didn't even um, think to take a picture in the Rockettes rehearsal room and we were in there for like I don't know like four hours a day you know or something at least so it was just focused yeah it was um it was such a great experience you know um yeah so you know and music wise too i think um it was really well received on agt because we had changed i literally made nine different edits of the music (laughs) and um and literally I used music, I went through music from, you know, tons of music from Hans Zimmerman, and, um, like, just, I went through, like, the Dark Knight music, and, you know, um, just lots of soundtracks, and Kung Fu Panda, which was what we ended up using, but I ended up using various tracks from Kung Fu Panda, um, different movies, and just kind of editing it together and cool. still that wasn't the final when, when we went there they made the ending like bigger because you know I on my software was you know I did the best I could okay, <laughs> yeah wow. so it was really great um I I enjoy doing that too you know I really enjoy like kind of putting it all together seeing it come together so, you know, I think the fact that working in production and also on a TV setting, I think it was really great, right, for me to experience that because now, like, we just recently did a, um, Mayor's, um, Christmas holiday, Christmas spectacular. holiday spectacular, mm-hmm. yeah, and okay. that was also a production, you know, uh-huh. and boy, did we give him a production, you know? It was amazing. Thank
0: you. Okay, I'll put a to
1: that too. We, we really so only put that together in, like, um... 2 weeks like 3